Well, I'm excited for our, to continue our series we've been in. We were in the series called Sow and Reap, and it was a really phenomenal week last week. Make sure you go back and watch it. Uh, right now, actually, Pastor Kyle is in Alabama with a group, I think it's 30 to 40 men that are at a men's conference in Alabama, and I've been getting text messages. It's been a phenomenal weekend, and so he's there, they're there, they're getting poured into, and I just wanna say, I, I, I guess I can say it because he's not in the room, so you know that I'm I'm not saying it because I have to, because I'm gonna make fun of him the rest of the time, okay? But for right now, I'm gonna honor him in this moment of, we have a phenomenal pastor. And if anybody can vouch to tell you, I'm gonna look you straight in the eye, church, he is the man that you see on this platform. He really is. And he had to, he had to work hard to get there. He came from the depths of hell, <laughs> to follow Jesus and to be transformed and pruned by the Lord. And he let himself be that. And now he really is the leader that you see. And I just wanna honor him as a husband today. I wanna honor him as our pastor and our leader today. And he doesn't only lead our house well, this house well. He goes out and, and he gets to minister to so many other places. And so I just wanna honor him. Can you help me honor him? He's an awesome leader. And if you could send him this message today, I really want him to listen to it. Okay. So I, I want to say uh, we're in this sow and reap. It's been awesome. And I want to give you the title of the message today. Here it is. You ready? Running on empty. Running on empty. I wonder if you've ever felt like some area of your life you're running on empty. Maybe running on empty in your finances running on empty in your energy, running on empty on time, running on empty in your marriage and encouragement, running on empty in your parenting, running on empty in vision for your future, running on empty in identity. I don't know, I don't know, but I have a feeling all of us in the room today could say there's some area of our life that we've felt before or now like we're running on empty. But I want to tell you, like, I started to think about that. And when you feel like you're running on empty, the tendency can be to keep what little you have left for yourself. Is that a fair statement? When I feel like I'm about to run out, my tendency is to keep what I have left for myself. When I'm running out of money, I'm going to keep what I have left for myself. When I'm running out of encouragement, I'm probably not gonna offer you any. I'm gonna keep what I have left for myself. When I'm running out of time, when I, whatever it is that I feel like I'm running on empty in, unfortunately, I have a tendency to keep what little I have left for myself. The problem with that is, then I forever stay in what I would call a lack cycle. Always feeling like I'm running on empty lacking in my life. And the reason is I'll feel in this lack cycle, I'll feel like the supply is getting low. I'm starting to run low. And then what happens next is I'll fear running out. I start to get worried and anxious that I'm going to run out. And so then what do I do? I keep whatever I have left for myself. And then what happens? The supply gets lower and I fear running out. So I keep what I have left for myself and the supply keeps to get lower and I fear running out, so I keep what I have left for myself. I was thinking about this, and I, I was thinking about an illustration. Have you ever, raise your hand if you've ever driven your car with the gas light on. Like, who's ran their car on empty? Anyone? Who, who's actually ran out? Raise your hand, we're gonna laugh at you. Okay, all right, there they are. 
I was thinking about this because I was traveling all week to different churches and ministry conferences this week, and I more than once was running on empty in my car. And the gas light came on to tell me, you're getting low. Gas is getting low. You know what I did not do? When the gas light came on and I saw that I was on empty, I did not immediately pull over to the side, park my car, turn it off, and sit there and say to myself, I'm gonna keep what gas I have left for myself. Would that be ridiculous? I, I thought about that and I thought, but that's how many of us live our lives. I, I see the light come on. I feel like I'm running on empty. So I pull my life over to the side, park it, and think to myself, I'm gonna keep what I have left for myself. Because I know that to get to filled up in the gas tank, I'm gonna have to burn a little extra gas to get to the gas station to get filled up, right? And our life is the same. And I've come today in hopes that I can help us break this cycle of lack in our life. And it's really gonna be done through sowing and reaping. It's the biblical principle. And so here's what I've come to say to us today. If you feel like you're running on empty, it's time to sow a seed. I'm gonna unpack that for you today. And I wanna actually unpack it through an example of a story in 1 Kings chapter 17. Now in this story in 1 Kings chapter 17, we're gonna read about a man, a prophet named Elijah, a widow and her son. And the truth is all three of them were running on empty. They're living in a land during a famished time. There's a famine happening, there's a drought happening and across the land, nobody has enough. Everyone's running on empty. Elijah's on empty, the widow's on empty and so is her son. And I want you to see what happens in this story. First Kings chapter 17, we'll start in verse seven. It says this, sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, to who? To Elijah, the prophet. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Now, let me pause there. That would have been the most ridiculous statement to Elijah. And when you picture a widow, what I don't want you to picture in this instance is an elderly woman at the end of her days. No, what is more likely in this passage they're talking about, think of a young, newly widowed single mom. And, here, and the widow in that time, in that culture, would have been the poorest of the poor in that culture, likely. And so here's this young, single mom with nothing in the middle of a famine, in the middle of a drought. And God says, I've directed a widow, Elijah, to give you some supply. Here's what I realized. God will use empty people to provide for empty people. So if you're running on empty today, just know that doesn't knock us out of providing for others. Actually, God will use empty people to provide for empty people. And here it goes on. It says, verse 10, so he went to Zarephath where he came to the town gate and a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and he asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I can have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called, oh, 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 and would you bring me a piece of bread? And then I love this. She answers in verse 12, as surely as the Lord your God lives. I think what the Hebrew is for that statement is, are you stupid? You're a grown man. I'm a single mom. Do I look like I have bread to spare? 
But I thought about that. And so next time, has anybody else, you've been running on empty and somebody asked you for the very thing it's obvious you're empty of? <laughs> and you want to say, are you stupid? Well, don't say that because that's mean. I'm going to stop saying it to, my, to people. Here's what I'm going to say. As surely as the Lord your God lives. So if I ever say that to you, you know what I'm actually thinking. <laughs> as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied. I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. And I'm gonna gather a few sticks to take home and I'm gonna make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do that. <laughs> but first, make a small loaf of bread for me and from what you have, and then bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord your God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. And so she went away, and she did as Elijah told her, and there, so there was food every day for Elijah, for the woman, and for her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. What was God teaching her? He was teaching her the very principle we learned last week. And that is what you keep is all you have, but what you sow, God multiplies. He's teaching the widow this principle that what you keep, that's going to be all you have. But if you'll sow it, God will multiply it and the supply will not run out. Are you feeling empty today? Just know what you keep, that's all you have. What you sow, God is able to multiply it to the point that the supply will not run out. And I know that, that Jesus thought uh, uh, this woman did an incredible thing because he actually is gonna mention her. See, I had only seen her story in 1 Kings chapter 17 until I was studying and praying this week. I ran across a ver another verse that I had never seen her mentioned in and had no at least had noticed it, but I saw it this week and I wanna show it to you because she did such an incredible thing that she actually makes Jesus's first sermon ever. Did you know this? Jesus is preaching in the temple in Luke chapter four. It's his first sermon in the temple and he's gonna deliver Isaiah 61 and he's gonna read this passage and then he's gonna roll up the scroll, the Bible says, and then he's gonna have a dialogue with the Pharisees to teach them something. And the very first example he uses to teach is this. Look at it with me. Luke chapter four, verse 25. I can assure you that there were many widows in Israel during Elijah's time when it didn't rain for three and a half years and there was a great food shortage in the land. Yet, Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to a widow in the city of Zarephath in the region of Sidon. That's interesting. Of all the people in the entire Bible that Jesus could use as an example in his first sermon, he chooses her. Here's what's interesting to me. We don't even know her name. Here's a woman who was running on empty. No one knew her name, yet she is gonna be still talked about hundreds of years later by the Messiah, the King of Kings, in an example. He is going to utter what she did to sow a seed instead of keeping it for herself and now think thousands of years later, here am I doing it too. Using this woman who no one knew her name 
I wonder, do you feel like you're running on empty? It's time to sow a seed and nobody has to know your name or that you did it because Jesus knows. He always knows. And so I wanna share with us today four principles that I learned from studying this passage about this widow when it comes to sowing and reaping. Because what you keep is all you, what you sow, God multiplies. So look at it with me. The first thing that I learned from this widow is this. Number one, don't eat all the seed. Look, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 11 through 12, it said, as she was going to get it, he called and he said, bring me a piece of bread as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied. I don't have any bread. I have a handful of flour in a jar and I have a little oil in a jug and I'm gathering some sticks and I'm gonna eat it and die. She said, I've only got a little bit. And so I'm gonna have to keep what I have for myself. I'm gonna have to eat this. And Elijah is encouraging her, don't eat all the seed. Can I say it this way? Because what you eat is all you have. But what you sow, God can multiply. I was thinking about a story one time that someone told me. Uh, we get to do a lot of missions work and meet a lot of missionaries. And one time a missionary was telling me a story about a program they were starting in a rural village in Africa. And it, they had a famine, severe famine there. They were dying of hunger there. And so what the idea of the, the program was, it was meant to teach them how to farm. So they were gonna provide food, uh, I'm sorry, seed and some water, and they were gonna teach them how to plow the land and grow crops so that they would have a harvest every year that they would have more seed from, but they would also have food to feed the whole village. And the plan made total sense, but they had not anticipated one thing. They hadn't anticipated that when they brought the seed over to the village and they're preparing to show everybody how to farm and to grow these crops, that everybody was so empty, so hungry, that they rushed and they ate all the seed. They didn't sow it. They ate it. And they had nothing left because they were so empty. They only knew we gotta eat what we have. And this is what we have right now. I don't have time to wait for a crop. And so often we do that, don't we? And I was also thinking about something that really annoys me that they do at the school. <laughs> I like to talk about it right now. They send, about Mother's Day, they always send home with one of my kids a plant that they expect me to keep alive. <laughs> and it has not worked yet. And what happens, it's inevitable every year I get a little pot and it's so beautiful and my kids have worked so hard and, and they are really excited about it. And every year, one of my kids, and I remember one particular year, Tessa brings me the pot and it has her name and how much she loves me all over it. And as she hands me the pot, there's nothing growing yet because they've placed seed in it. And it's my job to make it grow. And so Tessa tells me, this is her exact words, she hands me the pot and she said, Mom, can you please not kill this one? <laughs> it really means a lot. Well, now the pressure is on. So I'm thinking, okay, I am gonna do this. I'm gonna grow this plant. I can do this. And so she says, just keep it by the water. That'll be really easy and make sure it gets sun. So I kept it in the kitchen by the sink and I watered it and I gave it sun. And every day I did this, every day. And nothing was growing. And so I went to Tessa and I said, Tessa, 
I'm sorry, baby. Mama tried. I tried and it is not growing and I guess I killed it again. And I'll never forget. She looked at me and she goes, oh, mom, I forgot to tell you. The day after I gave it to you, Braxton dug up all the seed and ate it. <laughs> so after I spanked Braxton, no, I didn't. But I did think about that. I thought, how often do we stand over the dirt waiting for something to grow? Like, give me, God. Do you see I need this? Give this to me. But we've got no seed in the soil. The seed's only good when it's in the soil. And so we have to be really careful to not eat all the seed. Because what you eat, what you keep is all you have, but what you sow, God can multiply. And so often we can need encouragement. That person that you know, you'll be able to picture this in your mind that you're begging for encouragement from. It could be a boss, it could be a spouse, it could be a child or a parent. And you just want that you need, you're running on empty and you need some encouragement and they're not giving it to you. So what do you do? You just eat all the seed. You don't give any to them. You just keep what you have for yourself. Maybe it's in your finances and you know you're running low, you know you're running empty and you just think to yourself, I have to use this for myself and you eat all the seed and there's no seed in the soil. Maybe it's in another area uh, um, of honor and respect and you need some honor and respect and you're not getting any so you just keep what you have for yourself. I'm imploring you to learn from the widow today like Elijah told her, don't eat all the seed. Because what you keep is all you have, but what you sow, God multiplies. Which brings us to the second lesson we can learn from the widow today, and it's this. Number two, sow the seed that you need. Let me show it to you in 1 Kings 17, verses 13 and 14. It says, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you've said. But first, look at your neighbor and just say, but first, but first, but first, what was he saying? He was saying there's an order to this. So many times, if you're like me, I'm waiting to reap so that I can sow. But that's not the right order. You only reap if you sow. But I always think I'll afford to sow once I reap. So I'm waiting to reap so I can afford to sow. You, we will never afford to sow until we sow. That's the only way to afford to sow. And so that's what Elijah's telling her. First, you have to sow the seed. Make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. I love it. Now, when it comes to sowing and reaping, we've already learned together last week that we reap what we sow. We reap after we sow and we reap more than we sow but we do reap what we sow. I love this because think about this example with the widow. What did she need? She needed bread to survive. What did she sow? She sowed bread and she reaped bread. You reap what you sow. And so I'm just challenging and encouraging us today. What is it you need? What are you running empty on? It's time to sow a seed. You've got to sow the seed that you need. I, I wanna en encourage us today because we can look at this story, we can look at this passage with the widow and, we, and so often we can have this wrong perspective and we have the perspective God was trying to get something from her. Can I just tell you today, God was not trying to get something from her, God was trying to get something to her. God didn't need her bread. 
God had just used the ravens to provide food for Elijah in that by the brook. God can do whatever he wants to do. He's not trying to get something from you. He's not going to try to take your last little bit. He's trying to get something to you. You have to sow the seed that you need. And so often we just hang on to it and we keep what little we have left for ourselves, and we stay in that lack cycle. Whatever it is you're running empty on today, I'm encouraging you, I'm challenging you, sow the seed that you need because what you eat, what you keep is all you have, but what you sow, God's gonna multiply. I wanna read this passage to you, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. It says, this generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant towards you. First, he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. And I I see it all the time. I've been there. I've done it. where I'm running empty on something and maybe it's in my marriage, it's in my parenting, it's with a boss, it's with somebody that they're not giving me what I think I need. But for whatever reason, I can't break through that and sow the seed into them. Is it encouragement? Is it life-giving words? Is it honor? Is it respect? Is it a resource, something tangible? Whatever it is, what we learn from this widow is we sow the seed that we need. And so if you're running empty today, I'm just encouraging you, it's time to sow a seed. It's time to sow a seed. Here's the third thing we learn from this widow. And it's this. When you sow, others reap too. Look at it. First Kings chapter 17, verse 15, it says this. She went away and she did as Elijah told her. So there was food every day for Elijah, for the woman, and for her family. And so that's interesting because it says every day. There was food every day. So how long did that seed sustain them? Well, if we go back to what Jesus had said in Luke chapter four, we know that lasted because it said that supply didn't run out until the day God sent rain. And he didn't send it for three and a half years, the Bible says. So here's a seed that she didn't eat. Aren't you grateful she didn't eat it? If she had ate the seed, we would not be talking about her right now. I don't even know if we'd be talking about the prophet Elijah. She didn't eat it. She sowed the seed that she needed and she would reap off that for three and a half years. But not just her. You see, the Bible says that it also then, that seed, as it was reaped back, as it was multiplied back to them, it fed Elijah, it fed the widow, it fed her son. But now we see a new word we didn't see in the beginning of the passage. We had only known about Elijah, the widow, and the son, and now it mentions her whole family. You can't miss this. She sows a seed in a time of famine when nobody else has anything, yet now she's the woman who has a supply that is not running out. And here she is, she's not only gonna feed the man of God, represents the house of God, the people of God, the word of the Lord that was gonna continue on. She's feeding that, she's feeding herself, she's feeding her child, but now she's feeding her family. Maybe she's feeding her mom and dad now, her brothers and her sisters, her family members, probably the neighbor to the left and the neighbor. Listen, everybody knows who the girl is to see when you need some supply now. And so here she is, when we sow, we aren't the only ones that reap, others reap too. I wanna tell you this morning, as we sit in these chairs, just know, 
you're reaping off something that somebody else sowed. Can I say it? I'm reaping off stuff that I didn't sow, somebody else sowed. Somebody had to pay to build a building, to have a team. Somebody had to serve. Somebody sowed prayer. Somebody sowed dreams. Somebody took a risk. Somebody sowed and you and I are reaping right now and our lives are being transformed because of it. Not just mine, my children's lives. And not just them, their children's lives one day. When we sow, others reap too. That is the kingdom of God. That is the intent of the Lord in heaven. That when we sow, he's just going, please just trust me with the seed. Just trust me. Don't keep it. Sow it and watch what I can do with it and how I can multiply it. And watch as the people you love reap from it too. And so here she is. She, she sows it and others are reaping. And I've already said it, but I want to remind us, God wasn't trying to get something from her. He was trying to get something to her. But can I say this? He also wasn't just trying to get something to her. He was trying to get something through her. When we think about sowing and reaping, it's not about sowing and giving all we have and God taking something from us. And it's also not about reaping and getting the harvest in and keeping something for ourselves. It is all about God getting things through us to expand his kingdom, to reach more people and to impact our lives and touch the people around us. Sowing and reaping is not just about what God wants to take from us or what he wants to get to us. It's about what he can get through us. And that is exactly what he did with this widow. And then I want to show you the fourth and final thing that I learned from the widow this week. And it's this, number four, the seed of a sower never runs out. I want to read it to you. First Kings 17, 14, it said, for this is what the Lord, the God Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah told her so that there was food every day for Elijah and the woman and her family. Here it is. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. I got to show you this because I had such a revelation this week. The Bible says it didn't run dry. It didn't run out. What I pictured and have always pictured in my head when it comes to reaping into harvest, I thought to myself, that must mean that the jugs were full. <laughs> and there was probably more jars that God gave her and she had them all stored up in the pantry. That's, and God whispered to me, that's not what I said. I said, it never ran out. Think about it it may have never got fuller than this. It was always probably this level. And every time she went to the jar, she was reminded, I'm running on empty. But every time she reached for seed, the Bible says it was there. There it was. so often, now don't get me wrong, because the Bible says, we learned it last week, give and it will be given to you. Remember the icy? Press down, 
shake it together, running over. <laughs> but here, I, can I be honest? I had to repent this week because I'm a sower at heart. I'm a sower, but I like to reap. And in my head, I always thought reaping was like the bounty, the abundance. And I was thinking about that and I was asking the Lord, you know, like, why aren't my jars full? They should be full by now. And as I thought about it, I realized if my jars are full, I'm probably not sowing enough seed quick enough. The moment you feel full should be the moment I repent because I had seeds sitting around and the seed's only good when it's in the ground. When I'm feeling full of encouragement and hope for life, but I'm just storing it all up and I'm not sowing it into anyone else. In fact, in Luke chapter 12, that's your homework. You go read Luke chapter 12. And Jesus is talking about a man that sowed seed and reaped a bountiful harvest. But then what he decided to do with the harvest, the reaping, he said, I'm gonna build bigger barns and store it up for myself. And you know what? Jesus rebuked him. And Jesus got on to him saying, no, I only give seed to the one who's gonna be generous to God with it. What happened with the widow is she didn't get a full jug, but she never ran out. Every time she reached for seed to sow, it was there. How many times was that? We don't know. It could have been 20 loaves of bread a day she was making out of that. We don't know, but we just know it never ran out. And so what I realize is there's two postures of our heart. We can have the heart of a sower or the heart of a reaper. The heart of a sower is okay feeling empty at times. I go home many Sundays, many weeks, feeling a little bit empty, but I've learned. I'm not predicting what the future of that week holds by what I'm reaping. I predict it by what I've sown. And I've sown some seed. And there is no doubt God's gonna multiply that seed. And when I go to reach for more, it will be there. And when I feel like I have no encouragement left to give to the person that I'm with, that I'm married to, not me, not my husband, your, I'm talking about you guys. And I feel empty. If I'll just re, if I have the heart of the sower, here's what I'm going to ask myself. What seed do I need to sow? Because I feel empty. And I'm going to reach back in the jug to find a seed. And I can guarantee you based off the word of the Lord, the seed will be there. It will be there. It, you may not look back at the jugs and see them mounting up. And if you do, you best get sowing because there's some seed there God's given to you. And so we have to be careful. I'm just asking you if we feel like we're abundant in an area, that means we really should start sowing. We really should start putting it in the ground. I, I even think about this with the word of God. How often do we? Every day I'm taking it, I've got a belly full of the word of God. 
stored up. I've got jugfuls, but I haven't sown a seed in long time. We do it in all these areas of our life. And I'm challenging us today like the widow. Don't eat all the seed. Sow the seed you need if you're feeling empty in an area of life. And get ready for others around you to reap from that. And just know, the seed of the sower will never run out. And so let me ask you again. Are you running on empty? It's probably time to sow a seed. Amen? Why don't you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this word. This is a holy word. It was a word that was worth Jesus preaching, so it's worth us hearing. And so God, we just surrender ourselves to this moment and we lean into it. Now, as we're praying, I want you to keep a spirit of prayer in the room. If you do know Jesus, right now is the moment that you're praying for those that don't know Jesus. You know that, right? Let me, can I teach us that? You keep your eyes closed, it's fine, we're praying. But can I pastor us for a minute to know every, if we are here every Sunday, one seed we could sow is praying for those that have not surrendered to Christ yet. Our prayers will unlock heaven for them. And so in this moment, we're all interceding, but I wanna speak to those of us in the room that you don't even know how you got here today. Maybe you're watching online, but you know, you don't know the Jesus like I just talked about him, or you've never surrendered to him, or for whatever reason, you've just gone through the routine, but you're ready for a full surrender to Jesus as Lord today and to receive his gift of salvation. If that's you in the room or maybe online, I just want you to lift your hand. I'm not gonna ask you to move or do anything. You're just gonna lift your hand and I'm gonna pray a prayer over you. And so right where you are, I see your hands. I see your hands, I see your hands. Right where you are, pray this in your heart. Today, Jesus, I give you my life. I fully surrender. I receive your gift of salvation right now. Wash me clean and give me a fresh start. No more running and no more doing it my way. I give you everything I have and I receive your Holy Spirit right now. And now, Lord, I ask you to teach me how to walk with you the rest of my days. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And now let's keep praying. You can put your hands down right where you are across the room. Again, a holy moment. God can impart things to us. I just wanna pray for those of you that would say, I'm running on empty. There's an area of my life and I need God to show me what seed to sow. I, I, I need God to fill this up. The supply is running low. Or maybe you're like me and you need to repent because you've had the heart of a reaper. You just maybe haven't always had the heart of a sower. And you wanna be faithful steward of the seed God gives you. If that's you anywhere in the room, I'm including myself in this prayer. Just lift your hand towards heaven. We're gonna ask God to give us wisdom. We're gonna ask God to bless the seed that he's placed in our hand. We're gonna ask him to show us. We're gonna ask him to fill us in this moment. And so God, here we are. You see your sons and your daughters. I pray for every person in the room that is running on empty. You know what they're empty of. Empty of encouragement or vision or hope or faith or time or resource. And now God, I pray that you would show them the seed you're calling them to sow, that they could trust you, that you are the God that does not let the supply run out, that if we'll just be a sower and reach for the seed, it will be there when we go to grab it. And so Father, I pray we'd get comfortable with running on empty. 
like the widow, because we know it just means we're sowing good seed and it's gonna impact your kingdom. And so God, I pray that you would fill us up with your spirit today. Not with what we think will fill us up. Fill us up with your spirit today, we ask, Lord. And then, God, we do repent. Would you give us the heart of a sower, not a reaper? May we not focus on what we're gaining, but may we focus on the seed that we're putting into the soil. God, would you make us more generous, more generous with our time, more generous with serving others, more generous with our finances and our money, more generous with our words of encouragement and life, more generous with showing honor and respect. God, we wanna be a generous people. We wanna be like the widow that one day, when you're ready to give an example, you can use us as the example. And so Father, we surrender to this moment. We receive the seed that you're pouring out right now. And I pray, God, show us when, show us how, show us where to sow that seed. And then may you multiply it so that it brings glory to your kingdom and to your son's name. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Come on, give God some praise this morning.